0: Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandmascatering.com.
1: This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomeen Ujia-Dean. Today is Friday, June 10th. Coming up, how Missouri tax dollars could end up funding controversial crisis pregnancy centers. But first, some headlines. The Kansas City public school superintendent credited with transforming the struggling district is leaving his post. KCUR's Jody Fortino has more on Mark Bedell's resignation. The school district announced Thursday that Bedell would be leaving after six years, effective August 5th. In an open letter to the community, Bedell talked about the district's accomplishments under his leadership, including fulfilling a promise he made when he became superintendent in 2016 to achieve full accreditation. But he said the time had come for him to, quote, move on personally and professionally. He also spoke about obstacles he was unable to overcome, like racism, injustice and a lack of affordable housing. The KCPS Board of Directors unanimously approved Deputy Superintendent Dr. Jennifer Collier as interim superintendent for the 2022-23 school year. Yesterday, Kansas City officials declared June 7, 2022, Kevin Strickland Day, to honor the Kansas City man exonerated last year after serving 43 years in prison for a wrongful murder conviction. Mayor Quentin Lucas apologized for the injustices Strickland faced and added he hoped acknowledgments like this would show Strickland how much the city cares for him. Strickland said he instead wants a day to bring awareness to all wrongful convictions in the state and urged people to do something to make Missouri accept responsibility. It means a lot that they they try to want to honor me and and extend their condolences like that, but, you know, nothing can ever settle me. You know, it's difficult to put it in words. Strickland was the longest wrongfully incarcerated person in Missouri and among the longest in the nation. A former WDAF Fox 4 reporter and news anchor is suing the corporate parent of the station. KCUR's Dan Margulies reports she's alleging the station refused to consider her for a lead anchor position because she was, quote, the wrong minority.
0: Megan Murphy, who went by Megan Dillard on the air, says the news director at Fox 4 refused to even consider her because she was not black, according to her lawsuit. Murphy identifies as Asian-American. The station's corporate owner, Nexstar Broadcasting, has denied Murphy's allegations in court filings. Murphy began as a reporter at Fox 4 in March 2014 and became a weekend anchor in 2017. She says she resigned because of the station's discriminatory conduct. She's now director of public relations for the Independent School District.
1: Missouri's elected officials have long sought to reduce access to abortion in the state and to reduce or eliminate state funds for medical care provided at clinics that also provide abortion services. But this week, a little-known section of a 2019 law got some new attention. Lawmakers established a way for people to get reimbursed through their tax bills for donations to so-called crisis pregnancy centers, which try to steer women away from having abortions. KCUR's Brian Ellison spoke with Jeremy Kohler, a reporter for nonprofit investigative site ProPublica, about how he and his colleagues began looking into Missouri's little-known tax credit.
2: After um, the purported decision was leaked, um, ProPublica published the, you know, evidence that the Supreme Court is is contemplating overturning Roe, and we we had uh, just a brainstorming session about. Uh, what sort of stories we could do. We started talking about the crisis pregnancy centers that have been criticized in some states as uh, almost pretending to be an abortion center, but steering a patient away from abortion. So even during that session, I'm, I'm looking at facts about crisis pregnancy centers in Missouri. And, and found uh, something I, I never knew, that there was a, a tax credit for donating to them that had been 50%. Um, so you give a $1,000 donation, you get a, a $500 tax credit on towards your state tax bill. And when you say tax and credit,
0: you're, you're, say, you're not saying a, a deduction like you would have for giving to a charitable organization. You're saying a, a direct reduction in the same amount or in 50% of the amount of your taxes.
2: Exactly. Right. And and that's the way the tax credit had been until 2019. So I I just kept on peeling the onion a little bit more. Uh, Looking at the law that sets up the tax credit, it changed in 2019 as part of the Missouri Stands with the Unborn Act, uh, which of course created the trigger law that everyone has been talking about, uh, which would outlaw abortion if Roe were to be overturned. And so Part of what the legislature did that day was they, they beefed up the tax credit from 50% to 70%. And then as I look closer at the law, they also got rid of the cap on the total amount of tax credits that could be issued in a year. It had been capped at $2 million, and then it rose to $3.5 million, and now there would be no cap. And then the whole program was supposed to end in 2024. The same legislature uh, removed the end date. Um, so now you had a tax credit that was much richer. There was no cap on it. It was never going to end. So I want to make sure I'm
0: understanding what this means. If a person, uh, let's say they owe $10,000 in state tax, if they give a $10,000 gift to a crisis pregnancy center under this program and file for the tax credit, they can have 7,000, 70% of their tax bill credited back to their account.
2: Exactly, and then the other three thousand is tax deductible because you're giving to a nonprofit. You reduce your taxable income by that three thousand dollars, and depending on what tax federal tax credit bracket you're in tax bracket you're in, you might save an extra you Know 22 to 25 or 28 percent as long as that, you itemize that your deductions.
0: Yeah, so lawmakers uh reduced the the cap on how many total credits or eliminated the cap on how many total credits can be given out this way. Is there a cap on how much any individual person can claim as a tax credit?
2: A taxpayer can get uh 50 up to $50,000 in, in tax credits. Uh, in one year. Now, if you can't use all of them in that year, you can carry them forward to the next year. So there's always a one year grace period for using them.
0: So you won't get a tax refund, but it can be applied toward your, your next year's taxes, basically.
2: Right. You can hold on to it and then use the unused credits in the following year to pay your next year's tax bill.
0: So what's the impact of this been on Missouri's revenue? This really seems like it could add up to a lot of money.
2: Right. Uh, so because it had been capped at $3.5 million per year before the law changed, it had a maximum impact on the state of $3.5 million. And part of what made this so interesting to me is that anytime there is legislation filed, there's always a fiscal note attached to it. It's a cost impact study. And it's done by legislative oversight staffers who are supposed to be independent, nonpartisan. Um, They work for the legislature and they get their information from the state agencies that, that tell them how much they think this is going to impact the state budget and how much revenue. And so the fiscal note attached to this bill didn't take into effect the possible impact of Removing the cap, uh, the input from the Office of Administration didn't even take into account the removal of the end date. Is going forward because you know the cost to the state would be very limited if this was going to be over in 2024, but now it's going to go on forever. The author of the impact study. Uh, his name is Kyle Ryman. He was director of legislative oversight. I reached out to him. He's no longer working with the state, and you know what he said was they didn't give they didn't give us time to study this. They stonewalled us with answers. Office of Administration did not tell us about what the fiscal impact would be, and basically says the Republicans wanted to pass this bill and didn't matter how much it cost. And when I pulled the uh, the the revenue reports from the department of revenue i saw just in this first quarter of 2022 there had been seven over seven million dollars in tax credits issued which is just in that quarter is more than double the cap in previous years so you know clearly it is it's a very popular tax credit people are starting to learn about it because you really you know you really can't almost quintuple your donation because the state's going to pay for four-fifths of it, it has the potential to become become very costly.
0: Now, very costly. $7 million is a lot of money. Sounds like a lot of money. But of course, the state's budget is $48 billion. Uh, do, do budget watchdogs, do government accountability groups have a concern about this number?
2: They do. Um, I talked to Amy Bluen from Missouri Budget Project, um, who was, you know, as soon as she looked at it, she said, this is a concern and um there was a. Uh, I talked to jill shoup who's a democrat uh senator in st louis and she says look the you know, the state budget is filled with a lot of stimulus you know federal stimulus right now and it's it, it may be hard to see you know the long-term impact of this but it's not always going to be that way There are going to be there's there's going to be you know times when we're really stretched and you know and we're going to be on the hook for this in those times and then you'll see the impact
0: I suppose abortion rights advocates are displeased at the amount of financial support essentially being provided by by the state to these crisis pregnancy centers.
2: Yeah, they were unaware of it, and uh, they are concerned. But they, they also suspect that this was what you know the anti-abortion advocates in the legislature wanted all along. Uh,
0: Jeremy, remind us, what is a crisis pregnancy center? That term may or may not be familiar to our listeners.
2: Yeah, these are uh, storefronts all, all around the state. Um, a lot of them are, are under um, birthright. Um, there's one major one in St. Louis called Thrive. Um, and these are places that provide support um, for pregnant women, counseling, all uh, everything from um, diapers to potentially um, help finding a job or uh, financial support. But most of them are religious based and um, they are basically trying to provide alternatives to, to people so that they don't get an abortion.
0: Do they provide health care? Are they regulated?
2: They don't provide health care. Um, some of them may have ultrasound devices that can can show the baby in the womb, but uh, they don't provide they don't provide abortion services um, and they don't provide health care. So they've they've been accused by um, some of the pro-choice people as being as being misleading because of that.
0: And so Missouri has gone to great lengths over the last uh, many years in the legislature to prevent, say, Planned Parenthood from receiving state tax funding, and efforts have been made to keep them from receiving funding even for non-abortion-related health services. And yet these centers do receive state tax funding.
2: They do. They, they receive direct funding. The state actually uh, is providing them with about $8 million this year and then they have this open-ended, open-ended tax credit, you don't know how much they're going to get out of this going forward.
0: Jeremy, as you talked with the office of Governor Mike Parson, who of course signed the bill in uh, 2019, or uh, the departments of his administration that now have to administer the, the tax revenues that are, are declining because of this, did you get any response uh, when you were working on the story?
2: The governor's office didn't respond, um, and the Office of Administration, which is in charge of uh, state budgeting, did not respond. Um, the uh, Department of Social Services did respond. I had asked them um, in the fiscal note. It, it talked about um, how the different departments predicted it would affect uh, the state, and the Department of Social Services responded that it wouldn't, that it would have no impact. And so I had asked them. How could that? How could there be no impact by these changes? And their response was, "Well, there was no impact to our budget. The the impact would be to the state budget, uh, state revenue, uh, which we don't have any control over."
0: And did anyone you talked to about the story who who opposes abortion rights indicate that they were surprised by this outcome or in any way concerned about it?
2: Yeah, I I, uh, I talked with. Um, Uh, Representative John Wyman in St. Charles County, uh, who was uh, one of the representatives who voted in favor of the bill. And he was surprised uh, at the cost. And he indicated, you know, if it's a lot more than they said it was going to be, then maybe this is something we should take a look at.
1: That was KCUR's Brian Ellison speaking with Jeremy Kohler, a St. Louis-based reporter for ProPublica. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Ujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin, Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit KCUR.org, where you can also find our live stream. On Monday, we'll hear more from Kansas City's departing public schools superintendent. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.